Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au It's gold for the Hockey Roos and 15,000 fans and the Australian players know it. The whole nation knows it. The crowd will count you down. Down to gold. Hail the Golden Hockey Roos! They are indeed Australia's dream team. They are the greatest. Oh, a great call from Gordon Bray there. It is hard to believe, but this time, 20 years ago, we're in the midst of the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games and our reminiscing about that particular Olympics on this program continues. Our next guest is regarded as one of the finest coaches of any sporting persuasion this country has ever produced. 20 years ago, next Tuesday, actually, will mark the 20th anniversary of the Hockey Roos gold medal victory at the Sydney 2000 Games with that 3-1 victory over Argentina in the gold medal match. Rick Charlesworth was at the helm of the Hockey Roos as coach at that time when they were probably the Invincibles in, in regards to the, one of the great national teams Australia has ever produced in any sport. And Rick Charlesworth joins us on the line to reflect. Thanks for your time, Rick. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You've achieved many feats both in the sporting landscape and also outside of sport as a politician. Where does coaching the hockey ruse to a gold medal at a home Olympic stand as a sporting highlight for you in any case? Oh, I think it's right up there. I mean, uh, when, you, when you're... Uh, coaching the national team, uh, um, the World Cup and the Olympic Games are the, the premier uh, competitions. And, uh, you know, I coached at seven of those, you know, during my time with the men and with the women. And uh, so, you, you know, they were all important. They were all terrific days. We, we won six times, but uh, I think the home Olympics in Sydney was pretty special. There was a lot of pressure leading into Olympics. We, mm. we uh, were lucky because uh, we didn't have the sort of pressure that Cathy Freeman had because yeah. uh, it gets diluted if you're in a team, you know. But still, there was a great deal of expectation. People would come up to you and say, oh, I've got tickets for the final, you know, and say, well, we've got to get to the final. Mm. And I think it was about it was about this time, you know, uh, I remember we played against Holland on the night that Cathy ran, in fact, mm. um, and, and we qualified for the final. So we'd won the silver medal, if you like, um, and and uh, that was a great feeling of relief that we were actually going to be in the main game at the end. Um, but uh, it was a tension-filled fortnight for me, and uh, and I must admit, when when that uh, moment came at the end, the, the feeling is more than anything just great relief, especially when there's uh, such expectation. Well, I was going to ask you about that pressure and expectation. The Hockey Roos won the gold medal under your tenure in Atlanta in 1996. There were successes in most major tournaments around that time amongst the Hockey Roos and what they achieved. I'm sure there would have been some great external pressure and expectation that you would go back-to-back on home soil. How did you and the team specifically block out that pressure? Well, I think it built up too. You know, we were 
we were number one in the world for eight years consecutively. That's very difficult, you know, and the other teams were like, it's, it's our turn now and, and, you know, they're getting old and they're not as good as they were. And, and indeed, three months before the Olympics, we played a tournament in the Netherlands and we finished third, you know, mm. and uh, everyone was saying, oh, well, they've, you know, they've, they've passed it. You know, you, you have to, that's that's the deal in sport. You know, everyone's a, a pundit and and really my... I suppose argument was always well if we keep learning more than the other teams and, and whatever the and we work harder and and uh, whatever the outcome you know keep learning and growing and 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 developing our group then we'll be better and better and they'll have to catch us and I think that was the thing that we we spent our time with I was lucky I think I had a group of athletes who were very good very confident but also humble at the same time so that humility underpins an attitude which says there's more to do we can improve how are we going to do it and and a disciplined approach to their 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 training and and uh, to their lifestyle and, and the way they went about it and and the other thing i think is that uh, we uh, we work very hard in developing cooperation and teamwork and and so everyone played for one another and indeed you know, what's forgotten sometimes is that we had a squad of nearly 30. Only 16 got to play in the Olympics. And, and the other players all played a part in, in helping us to be good. And I suppose, I think in February of that year, of 2000, our players got together and they decided that uh, whatever happened, because, um, you, you know, I think we got they got $20,000 each for winning a gold medal. Yeah. Um the money would be shared amongst the whole squad, not just the players who got to play. And, and when they made that decision, I think that was a decision that underpinned that they were in the right frame of mind, you know, to approach a, a year which was going to be hard work, but in which they understood that they were all helping one another to be good. And, and indeed, some were very unlucky not to make it, make the cut. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the, the whole squad understood that uh, that uh, they all helped one another be good. We're speaking with legendary Hockey Roos coach Rick Charlesworth here on SEN. You went through that tournament undefeated, and despite that slight scare against Spain, the scoring indicates that it seemed to be a smooth campaign. Within the inner sanctum itself, though, was it a smooth campaign? Were they that well drilled to the extent that no issues ever crept up? No, no, it's never like that. There's always uh, pressures and tensions and, and frictions, and, and indeed... Uh, in our first game against uh, Great Britain, we played very well for the first 25 minutes. We could have been two or three goals up. We were unlucky. The goalkeeper took a couple. The the umpire took a couple off us. Um, for for well, I think they were incorrect decisions. But instead of us being three nil up and coasting, we, we it was one nil. Great Britain scored, and so it was one all. And indeed, we scored near the end, and then there was a controversy right at the end. So that that game was a an arm wrestle and against Spain we we played well but they they scored against the run of play and we had a draw so you know after two games we'd had a, a tight one and a draw and then we had to play Argentina who were a difficult team so uh, uh, and then again who we met in the final you know so uh, um, we, we we developed the momentum and played better then we had to play against Holland in the critical match as I said it was the night that Cathy ran and They'd, previous, they'd beaten us a couple of months earlier and so they were pretty confident and probably that was one of our best games of the tournament. We played terrifically that night and I think uh, um, that got us a, a spot in the final. We still had a dead rubber to play. So 
So uh, then we were able to focus on on that main game, as I said, at the end of the tournament, and who was it going to be? And there were two or three teams that it could have been, but Argentina was a team that came through. So it wasn't it wasn't a cakewalk, no. <laughs> no, they very rarely are, aren't they? We're speaking with Rick Charlesworth, reminiscing about the Hockey Roos gold medal win in the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games 20 years on. Give us an insight into your relationship with Rochelle Hawks, who is a name synonymous with the sport and transcends it. She was reading, of course, the oath at the opening ceremony in 2000, the athlete's oath. What was your relationship with her like? Yeah, well, I mean, Rochelle had been part of the team the whole time I was there. She she was, of course, a gold medalist in Seoul and then in Atlanta and in Sydney. So, you know, an extraordinary uh, record, really. Um, and, you know, she, it wasn't surprising that she was uh, she was asked to read the oath because she was such a well-credentialed athlete and leading a team that was uh, that was expected to do well. And uh, of course, uh, uh, they had great pressure reading the oath. Uh, I spent uh, I spent a few hours with her going over it and over it, and <laughs> making sure. But of course, uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, we we didn't have to play the day after the opening ceremony, so we were pretty relaxed about that. I, I, I noticed the other day Ian Thorpe saying, "Well, he had to swim the next day, and so he didn't go to the opening ceremony." Our players were in that situation in at Atlanta, but by Sydney, we we played the second day, so we. Or went to the opening ceremony, and uh, that, that that was a you know an uplifting moment. But yeah, the Olympics is a, is attrition, you know, and, and we had to play seven games in uh, you know thirteen days, so uh, it's a it's a struggle. I was living in a donger, you know, one of those containers next to next to the girls who were in a they had a couple of houses. So they were sharing houses and they were, they were quite comfortable. I was living in this bloody donger next door. <laughs> <laughs> and up till three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, watching tape, watching the other teams preparing for the next match, you know. Yeah. So for, for the athletes, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's pressure, but it's a, of a different nature. But for, as a coach, yeah. you're wanting to cover all the bases and it certainly was, uh, was a stressful time. Given you were focused on the job at hand, I was going to ask you about that opening ceremony. Did you have time to really absorb the experience of the Sydney 2000 Games and enjoy it when you have pressure on you? Did you go to the opening ceremony, for instance, and really let it sink in? I didn't go. Um, okay. But some some of our staff were keen to go, and, and we only had a certain number of places. And, and, of course, all the players wanted to go, so yeah. I was happy for some of the staff to go. I'd been to a number of Olympics, but I watched it on television, and you probably see it better then. You're not you're sort of in the tunnel waiting to get in there. You actually uh, see it better. And, and so it was a marvellous opening ceremony. I mean, absolutely memorable. And uh, um, so, you know, and I think, you know, uh, it was uplifting for the athletes. I know they came home buzzing. And uh, so, uh, you know, that, that uh, the whole experience, I, I used to walk. Um, after the games, I would walk past the main stadium. The hockey stadium wasn't far away, and down across the uh, across the creek, Haslam Creek, I think it was, and, and to where we were staying. And that was always very relaxing for me. It was my best time of the day, I think. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I remember I remember it very well, and but I remember it being stressful. The last few days were fantastic, of course, after the main game. I didn't go to the press conference that night. I, it was it for me. <laughs> and uh, I had three or four days. My wife was, uh, 
she was uh, in Sydney and she was uh, heavily pregnant and and uh, and so uh, um, we went to a few events uh, um, I remember going to the soccer final and some of the athletics and and uh, you know we had a, a lovely time and of course Sydney was such a memorable occasion everything everything was so well organized and and uh, and done with such panache it was a fantastic games experience. We're speaking with Rick Charlesworth, the legendary hockey ruse coach who guided the side to the gold medal at the Sydney 2000 Games. Just two more questions before I let you go. We got a text actually off the text line from Sean saying the gold medal game against Argentina was my first and last live hockey game. I stood outside the stadium pre-game with a sign asking for a ticket for over four hours. I scored one from an elderly gentleman from Western Australia whose friend stood him up. Luckily for me, we sat together and his explanation of the rules came in handy. Great memories. That's Sean the text machine uh, just in regards to the sydney olympics itself you're a politician so you're a world uh, in a past life as well so you're a worldly person beyond sport when you reflect back how significant were those games to the australian psyche and given the current circumstances do you believe they were the best games ever and does it remind us of simpler times in society in australia well you know i i i, I went uh, as a competitor or a, or a coach to seven Olympics, you know, starting in Munich. So I got a pretty good sample of what the Olympics could, could bring. And, uh, you know, for me, unquestionably, um, Sydney was uh, way up there, way up there. I mean, I was a 20-year-old in Munich, and that was a fantastic event. You know, space-age facilities, really terrific. But, of course, the, the terrorism marred mm. the event and took took away from it um and in sydney um we, we were dead lucky too i mean we had a test event the year before and there was storms and hailstones and it was terrible weather you know and yet when when uh, the olympics came around a year later the, the weather was perfect almost every day mm. uh, so you know we were blessed but but it was uh, was marvellously organised. The facilities were terrific. The work of the volunteers was extraordinary. The bus drivers didn't get lost, you know, and 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 uh, um, things were uh, easy to get to. And, and so I, I I must say I thought it was uh, it was outstandingly well done. And you know, for somebody like uh, John Coates, you know, really uh, he he gets a great deal of credit for for not only, you know, winning the bid, but uh, the way in which he and his team put the thing together. And, of course, the government of New South Wales uh, really uh, made a significant contribution, of course, too. Speaking with Rick Charlesworth here on SEN regarding Sydney 2000, do you keep in touch with many of the Hockey Roo squad from that time? And Will you have somewhat of a Zoom reminiscing meeting or basically a reunion from that time, given it's the 20th anniversary? Yeah, yeah. On the 1st of October, the girls have got it organised at 7pm. We're all uh, on Zoom. and uh, But indeed, there's a number of us here in Western Australia and we uh, don't have uh, social distancing and all of those issues that are uh, elsewhere in the country in different places. Yeah. So we're actually going to uh, be meeting at uh, my house, uh, a number of them anyway, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be on, on our laptops uh, uh, connected with others wherever they might be, and I mean, uh, I think Alison Annan's in the Netherlands, and we've got a, one of Justine Sari, one of our uh, um, goalkeepers, is in the United States. So we've got people from all around the world who are going to be connected 
with us uh, on on that night. That'll be it'll be lovely to all get together. And of course, the the ones in Western Australia will be about half a dozen or a dozen. Um, we'll all be in the same place. So we're 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 really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a good thing about technology, isn't it? Keeps us connected from wherever we are in the world. And as I let you go, Rick, as a coach, I'm sure you've had to steer athletes through adversity over the years. What would your advice be to current athletes who've worked their guts out to prepare for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, only to have it stalled because of the coronavirus? What would your advice be from a mental perspective more than anything else to those athletes? Well, I think you have to prepare like it's going to be going on. You know, and and I think that's what the, they're putting their minds to now. They'd be very disappointed. I say to them, and I've spoken to a few of them about it. There's one thing worse than the games being postponed, and that's the games going on and you not going. Yeah. And that's what happened to us in Moscow. You know, yeah, um, not only did the games go on, but there was a partial boycott, and we didn't go, even though we were selected. That was perhaps the, the nadir for me, the bottom. Um, Terribly, terribly disappointing given the preparation. We'd had a very young team that won a silver medal in the previous Olympics. We were ready, much more mature and ready four years later and we didn't get to play. So um, as long as there's hope and the thing might be going on, they've got to prepare like it's going to. The other thing I think that's important is that the team will be different. The team that would have gone this this year will be different next year. And and so you've got to, uh, you've got to keep working at getting better. And... Uh, and so for all of those athletes, you know, I, I admire their resilience. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of uh, um, laugh a little when I hear about the, the hardship of the guys in the AFL or the NRL and how tough it is for them, you know, relocating for a few months or whatever. They ought to put themselves in the shoes of uh, the athletes who prepare for the Olympics once every four years and then it gets... Uh, it gets put off. That's 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 much more hardship, I suspect. Yeah, it's certainly been a contentious talking point here. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Melbourne, Rick, really appreciate your time. I've taken up too much of it. Thanks for reminiscing about the Sydney 2000 campaign and with... Those invincible hockey ruse, as they were called back in the day. Really appreciate it and enjoy the 20th anniversary reunion on Zoom as well. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Thank you very much. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91